0: Practice the clinical skills you need to succeed without worrying about making an error or getting a grade. Get hands-on clinical experience with orthosurgery techniques, airway management, and more at AMSA's 2017 Annual Convention, February 23rd through the 26th. Register today at amsaconvention.org. I knew there would be hundreds of people who had camped out in the cold that night waiting for me and volunteers like me to arrive. People have traveled such long distances for the opportunity to receive comprehensive vision,
1: dental, and medical care, all for free. Welcome to the AMSA Ad Lib podcast reel we'll here from med students and experts alike. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. Where did you just place her? Maybe in a remote village halfway across the world? Or perhaps a small clinic in the mountains of Central America? Pratishtha Chabra is a first year medical student at Lincoln Memorial University, Dubas College of Osteopathic Medicine in Tennessee. And actually, she was right here in the United States.
0: We started the day by walking down the corridors of Lee County High School to our room. There were booths from many organizations, a free vaccination booth on the left, a Narcan booth offering free on-site training for treating people with opioid overdose a little farther down on the right. The corridors were lined with chairs against the wall, stopping at a makeshift pharmacy, a simple hole in the wall where people could walk up and ask for medications from volunteer pharmacists. Upon checking in, the volunteer led me straight outside the building. I was staring at a long line of gigantic trucks, which were in fact mobile clinics. I passed by trucks for radiology, dentistry, eyeglass construction, and finally, women's health.
1: Patricia is taking us through her first time walking through and observing a remote area medical clinic, or RAM clinic, that she volunteered with in Jonesville, Virginia. Even today, patients in rural communities across the United States face barriers to basic health care. Several factors come together to produce major disparities in rural health care, including cultural and economic differences, educational disparities, near isolation of rural areas, or lack of support from legislators. Only 10% or so of physicians practice in rural America, despite the fact that nearly one quarter of the population lives in these areas. And there are over 2,000 health professional shortage areas in rural United States, more than twice the amount compared to urban areas. Joining us on the podcast today is Allison Hare.
2: My name is Allison Hare. I am the American Medical Student Association's Community and Public Health Programming Coordinator. I currently attend the University of Wisconsin-Madison.
1: Allison had the opportunity to speak with someone who has had an incredibly positive impact on these rural health disparities. Ron Brewer, Clinic Manager of the Remote Area Medical Volunteer Corps.
3: My name is uh, Ron Brewer. I've been volunteering with Remote Area Medical for about uh, 10, 14 years, something like that. I've lost count. This is, uh, we're finishing up our 810th uh, clinic, and uh, meaning 810 clinics means that's the total number of clinics that uh, Remote Area Medical has uh, did since our founding.
1: Allison also volunteered at the largest remote area medical, or RAM, clinic to date in Wise, Virginia. Since its founding in 1985, volunteers like Allison around the country have helped thousands in underserved communities receive basic medical care. Here's Allison.
2: So, Ron, could you please describe kind of the premise and the mission of Remote Area Medical for our listeners?
3: Remote Area Medical was founded in 1985 by uh, uh, Mr. Stan Brock, who was a co host on uh, Wow Kingdom for many years. And our mission is to uh, stop the suffering. Our goals in what we uh, do is uh, we offer free health care across the uh, continental United States and into foreign countries. Also, we have uh, worked with uh, volunteers. Uh, medical doctors that volunteer their time for our weekend clinics. Majority of our clinics are Saturday and Sunday. And uh, we also uh, have a good group of um, medical students that uh, volunteer and give their time. But the majority of our uh, doctors uh, we recruit from uh, out of state. And Tennessee uh, is was is the location of RAM headquarters uh, uh, today. And uh, our state has a uh, uh Healthcare act passed in 1995 that that allows out-of-state doctors to come in and work uh, within the state with with a valid license our volunteer coordinator will check the uh, license of all the uh, professional providers to make sure that there's no infractions against their license and then they're ready to go to work and that is something that we uh, appreciate with having the uh, colleges that do come into our state to offer services that uh, we're able to uh, buddy them up or to uh, shadow them with um, you know, the uh, types of uh, professionals that they are, are going uh, primarily into a medical school for.
2: Um, so what does it do? Who does it serve?
3: In our clinics, we offer free uh, vision, which is a full eye exam. And we also check for eye diseases. If they need glasses, we have a uh, large uh, selection of uh, frames that uh, we offer even Sometimes we have on display up to a thousand frames that the patients can uh, choose from, and they're all brand new. We have two uh, eye labs usually that we'll take to the clinics. We have a total of four on our in our fleet that we can make up to three hundred and fifty pair of glasses in a weekend. Also, in the part of the clinic is uh, dental. We offer f- uh, fillings, cleanings, and extractions. Uh, and then in the general health side, we uh, have women's health, which is uh, always. Uh, offered at one of our clinics, and uh, then general uh, health, and uh, which is like uh, sports physicals and and the uh, such. But less than five uh, percent of the people who attend our clinics are there for general health. That uh, majority are there for the vision and the dental services that we offer.
2: So I just I wanted to throw in a really quick anecdote. Uh, I volunteered at the Wise Virginia Clinic, which and correct me if I'm wrong. I think is the largest. Um clinic both for RAM and free clinic in the United States. I was amazed at how many people were there solely for the dental and vision care. Um, That really seemed to be the need. And when I first arrived, I think it was like, it was like a 4.30 a.m. Uh, yeah. There were thousands of people lined up just so that they could at least get an appointment in this clinic. Um, and I never realized that there was this huge need, and people that came from up to hundreds of miles away just because this was their only option. Um, especially again for those vision and dental patients, it was it was a huge deal. So I I was really impressed by that, and it was great to at least contribute in some small way. Uh, what first inspired you to join remote area medical? Um, did you have any experiences with Thrill Health or healthcare disparities? Um, that kind of inspired you to get involved?
3: I had volunteered with Mr. Brock for several clinics prior to 2004. And after I retired, uh, Mr. Brock asked me to uh, join the uh, volunteer corps with the the remote area medical. And that, to me, once you see the need of the people, and they're not out there just for handouts, the people are out there because they uh, need medical services. And as going to uh, Wise County, Virginia, that is the most of the folks that come to uh, Wise County, Virginia. Ram is the doctor; they have no other doctor that they can go to or that they can afford to go to. And uh, each year in July, the folks will gather, uh, as you said, you know, four thousand deep sometimes, uh, to to see the uh, vision doctor or to see the uh, the cardiologist or to you know to uh, get their teeth filled or taking. You know taken care of so what inspired me was the humanitarian effort that is given to take care of these people and there's no questions to ask you there are no questions of what is your annual income or you know uh did you have a uh, general medical doctor it's it's there for the uh, for the taking and these people are there uh, because they need it and they are able to acquire the health care that they need
2: how many clinics do you have per year, and do you know approximately how many patients are served in total?
3: When I started back in, you know, two thousand and four, we were doing about twelve clinics a year. You know, less than twenty dental chairs. Now today, we we have one hundred and twenty-seven dental chairs, portable dental chairs that we can take in forty lanes of vision. We are now sometimes hitting as many as fifty to fifty-eight clinics a year. Wow! And that. And that is sometimes we're doing two clinics uh, in different locations uh, on the same weekend. Last year in 2015, we had uh, three clinics going at the same weekend. We were in Virginia, we were in Tennessee, and we were in Nevada. So it's it's not uncommon now for us to w- go way over 50 clinics per year.
2: Well, and the limiting factor here too is not the patients. When I, when I went to Wise, there were hundreds of people that had to be turned away just because there wasn't enough time and resources. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's amazing to me that that need exists. And I, it's great that RAM seems to be growing and can meet this need in some ways. Um, but it also just goes to show the kind of the depth of the issue with our healthcare system.
3: I would agree with you wholeheartedly. It's not that RAM wants to be able to do this, but uh, you know, I feel RAM has to do this. And I know Mr. Rock will be the first one to say that he was tickled to death to not be able to go out on a weekend to uh, take our fleet of medical supplies and our uh, medical equipment out. Uh, He would be the first to say he was tickled that everybody had uh, good coverage and everybody was getting taken care of. And we'd be glad to stay home. But, you know, until that need is met, I I feel that Rams want to be there to fill the void or fill the gap
2: how have you seen the impact of RAM play out on the communities that its volunteers serve? Do you have any stories from sites that you've served at or helped out with or heard of um, in your time with the organization?
3: I think, and that is a wonderful question and one that brings tears to my eyes many times. Uh, I have seen an impact and uh, being headquartered here just outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, we do a clinic there every year uh, on a Super Bowl weekend. It helps us With our community and i have seen the drop and we have stats to prove that that when we started back uh at clinic number 200 and we were in a small school here in in knoxville area up until this 2016 drop in the number of extractions that we uh, that we do uh, and we have uh, had an increase in the restorative side so Whenever we can, we can help these folks and start in, in a younger, uh, younger age group, but we see that the younger folks are taking care of their teeth better, and we can see that through stats we've, uh, that we have gathered over the years. And also the stories that you hear. Someone the other day told me that we needed to get a third party in to do a survey of the uh, patients as they left uh, left the clinic. And I said, you don't need a third party whenever you can stand outside and you receive the hugs and you receive the handshakes and you receive the thank yous because somebody got glasses that they can go and read the newspaper or fill out a job application. And then the Older generation are coming through, you know, they're getting dentures and when you get the hugs from those and the stories from uh, young kids that had never seen a leaf on a tree and he is nine years old, those are some of the things that we hear uh, daily uh, on the weekend whenever we're, we're at a clinic.
2: How can medical students or students hoping to attend medical school help with RAM? What can they do? And how, what, what does it take to sign up and get involved to become a volunteer with the clinics?
3: We have a thing that says, once you get bitten by the Rambug, bug, you're hooked for life. I think that, uh, and I'm, I'm sure that you have seen how simple and how easy it is to volunteer with the uh, remote area medical. Uh, and it's not a hard process. I think that it's a great thing to have the young, uh, the young medical uh, students and, uh, or dental students, as far as that goes, uh, and, and optometry and, uh, students. And we have several schools, uh, the University of uh, Buffalo out of New York and the Southern College of Optometry out of uh, Memphis. These folks have uh, been with uh, us as long as I've been around, you know, on the uh, staff. And they, they keep coming back. And I have uh, students that uh, come in here and serve as interns uh, at our headquarters and then they want to get into medical school, uh, school or dental school and they'll send me uh, their application. Um, and I'm, I'm, right now I'm batting 100 with a, uh, doing a letter for them to get them into med school and dental school. Uh, it's, it's not hard. And to me, it's uh, something that uh, we're proud that uh, Ram can influence, such as your life
2: kind of something i um was interested in myself maybe one day uh just seeing what i can do and actually getting one started since there are so many communities out there that just don't have um a ram clinic and they could benefit from it hugely
3: i think one thing i would uh, i would say to you and you being in wisconsin uh uh before i got too deeply started involvement in, in a clinic uh, and I'm, I'm going to use Wisconsin since you said that was your home state, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, check the legislature uh, to make sure that uh, they do or do not allow out-of-state doctors. Uh, right now, if I'm remembering correctly, there are only 13 states in the union that allow out-of-state doctors to come in and to work uh, in your state without getting a wafer. If, if you do not allow out-of-state doctors, uh, work with you it will be a little bit more difficult to uh, to recruit volunteers as a i guess a trend or a, that i have seen uh, for out of state volunteers uh, coming into tennessee into you know virginia and to you know oklahoma those states who have passed the legislature to allow, it's a whole lot easier to get uh, a core of volunteers to say to set up a 40 chair clinic or to set up a 20 lane vision care. I would encourage anyone that uh, has a large population of uh, needy to apply, you know, to send in a request to remote area medical and ask for a clinic to come to the area because I would I, will, I would definitely try my best to uh, get to see the clinic in your area or contact you and and let you know what I can help you with.
1: There are so many ways to get involved with RAM as a physician in training, a few of which Ron mentioned, like bringing a clinic to your community, participating in an internship at the RAM headquarters, or by gaining hands-on clinical experience like Patricia did.
0: Working alongside two nurse practitioners in the woman's health truck was a blast. I quickly overcame my jitters and learned how to perform pap smears and conduct breast exams, Under supervision, of course. It's a growth opportunity for everyone who steps foot into the clinic.
1: Patricia was especially amazed with the volumes of patients practitioners treated throughout the day, all while still preserving the time to be a teacher in the process.
0: I decided to spend the rest of the evening working in vision care, assisting the ophthalmologist. Patients would come in, get their eyes dilated, and have their eyes looked at with a slit lamp. I was amazed at the speed the ophthalmologist was seeing patients, With over 400 people to look at that day, he would spend 1-2 to minutes with every patient. If you calculate that out, it's over 12 hours of continuous, fast-paced work. If his tenacity wasn't surprising enough already, he found the time to teach me new skills, like how to use an ophthalmoscope and counsel patients about insurance, their overall health, and their
1: next steps. In just one weekend, the clinic saw 494 patients and provided around $280,000 in services rendered this favorite moment from the weekend?
0: One of my most memorable experiences was when a patient in her mid-50s came into the clinic for a routine checkup. Like most patients at RAM, she hadn't seen a doctor in 15 years. While conducting the physical exam, she expressed concern about how a particular mole had been, according to her, growing. The practitioner began telling the patient that she wasn't a dermatologist and couldn't really say, but probably should get it checked out. Coincidentally, I had just learned about melanoma the day before in class and started running through my ABCs. I quickly spoke up that I thought it was indeed irregular and should be biopsied. I offered to take the patient to the dermatologist on site and the nurse practitioner agreed. It suddenly hit me. My opinion mattered, and the woman that I escorted to the dermatologist, she had been my first patient.
1: AMSA Adlib is brought to you by the American Medical Student Association. I'm your host, Christine Camizio. This episode was produced by Pete Thompson, Allison Hare, and myself. Special thanks to Allison for arranging and conducting the interview with Ron Brewer. Joshua Caulfield is the show's executive producer, and Dr. Kelly Tibbert is AMSA's national president. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and thank you for listening. Photographers, pick your best shots. Writers and poets, top
0: off your inkwells. Artists of all sorts, get ready for the New Physician Magazine's 23rd Annual Creative Arts Collection. You could be published in the magazine's 2017 summer issue. Ready to submit your poetry, short stories, and visual works of art? Visit AMSA.org slash CAC by March 13th.